Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Baggies broadcast sponsored by Adoption at Heart. My name is Luke Hatfield, I'm joined by a man who absolutely loves some mac and cheese. Mr Joe Massey. I knew that was going to be your intro, I knew it. Every uh, week, how did I'll, you know? I, well, every week I wonder what you're going to say, you normally come out with something completely random. But I did enjoy that mac and cheese so much yesterday that I knew you wouldn't be able to avoid it. I mean, it's food for starters and you can very rarely stop yourself talking about food. But I did make a big song and dance about that mac and cheese. So I knew you'd go with that, mate. You really did. You made a massive point about it. You were you were so happy with it. You were talking about it when we were eating another meal. <laughs> you, you literally put your put your McDonald's burger down because you stopped off at McDonald's by the Hawthorns after, after full time. Yeah. You said... That mac and cheese was out of this world. I went a bit Luke Hatfield in that moment. You, you did? I did. It was, it was, it was my, it's my Preston pie, mate. It's my Preston pie. Um, it really is. I had the most beautiful mac. I should have tweeted a picture of it. Because you tweeted... So what... I mean, this is really not what I want to be talking about. But what you tweeted a picture of, what Albion initially ser- well, was served at the Hawthorne, it looked like cat sick. <laughs> it didn't look great. It didn't look great. But for the record, it tasted fantastic. Everyone said it was delicious, but it did look like cat sick. Oh, I, I mean, I if that was served at, at, at HMP Winston Green, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I just looked at it and was like, I can't eat that. I cannot eat that. So I went and looked what the alternative vegetarian option was. Macaroni cheese. And I love macaroni cheese. And it was macaroni cheese with cauliflower and cheese. A little bit of cauliflower cheese on top. Lovely. And then it was um, like breadcrumbs to give it a little crunch. Oh, it's delicious. So, people listening to that are going to are gonna know that's delicious. I mean, it's, it's not. but I was. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. For, as I said, the, the food served, which looked like prison food, actually tasted fantastic. So it, it was a win all round for everyone in terms of the food. Um and we got a Mackey's as well, so we can't really complain. I had four um, meals yesterday. Four meals? Mm. I, I mean, I was discussing our lunches before, uh, whilst we were having our McDonald's, and my lunch was not like a good one. No. Anyway, come on. We've got things to do. Football to talk about. Lots to talk about. I've got stories to write. In my spare time, I'm planning an Albion-themed wedding. I am absolutely exhausted. Let's crack oh, who's, up. Who's that for? Um, and it's no, no one, mate. There's nothing to concern you. No one special. No, well, I'd say they're special, but it's, it's nothing, nothing to concern you. All right, okay, whatever you say. Um, okay, let's talk about two draws, Joe. Two draws. Um, two draws. <clears throat> Albion one, Millwall one. Albion nil, Derby nil. Um, the good news is, I suppose, Albion remain top of the table. So we have to talk about these. I think you have to talk about these games together. I'm glad you've done it together because I don't think you can talk about them separately, really. We're um, on a wavelength. We're on a wavelength. <laughs> After all this time, we're finally on a wavelength. It, it only took five seasons. <laughs> it's not been five seasons. Well, it's been five seasons of the podcast, but it's been like three seasons of actual football. Three se- yeah, two years for me. But anyway, yeah, so uh, Millwall and Starby. Because we've sort of got to throw in a bit of Peterborough in there as well, but we'll, maybe we'll get get to that, maybe we won't. But So basically, Millwall, to sum it up, all you need to know is you can analyse it in about 30 seconds. It was awful. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was absolutely awful. It was, it, we've seen the apps. 
Interestingly, what I will say is that the home game before Millwall was Sheffield United. Yeah. Now, I firmly believe Sheffield United is the best of Valball. Oh, it yeah. Was, it was breathtaking. It was entertaining. Albion battered them. They created multiple chances. They won 4-0. It could have been 5 or 6. It was enthralling. That was the previous home game to Millwall. I think it's got to be remembered that has. That's got to be remembered that that was the previous home game to Millwall. The following home game, Millwall, absolutely awful. Basically, nothing happened. Mm. Bet Albion created so few chances, it was incredible, really. If anything, Millwall created the better chances, and they probably could have got... They should have got two or three goals on the counter-attack, really, in hindsight. If we'd been playing a Premier League team that day, the Premier League team would have won. Oh, yeah. Without, without a shadow of a doubt. Albion created next very, very little. They continuously sent balls into the box and it was they were meat and drink for the three centre-backs who Millwall sat deep and they had three giants, landed the giants at the back and they headed them away and if we were playing still today, they'd still be heading the balls away. It was just... Yeah. that it was, And it was, it was not pretty to watch at all. Fast forward to Tuesday night, basically the same thing for 45 minutes. Um... <clears throat> against Derby not a million miles away marginally better marginally um, I would say the one reason why it was marginally better is because Dean Garner is finding some form um, which is absolutely fantastic news um, but the bar was pretty low after Millwall and I'm choosing the word carefully when I say it was marginally better like it was only marginally better Yeah. Um, in terms of a spectacle in terms of watching the game second half completely different completely different transformation so before we get into why the second half was different we need to just say this and this is if someone has asked the question i think a lot of people do understand this but people have so if someone has asked the question i think it needs explaining first and foremost and that is essentially the biggest part of albion's identity has been lost in the last three games yeah Valerian Ishmael, what his number one thing he wants from his team is to press relentlessly and press high. In the last three games, Albion have been unable to press. And the reason because why they've been unable to press is because the teams in possession, wherever their opponents have been, and it was Peter Brill did it first, they've gone long as soon as they've got the ball. They have not played out from the back in any way, shape or form. And that's when Albion simply can't press them because there's no one, there's no one to press. The ball's yeah. been a hot potato. There's been no time to, to get close to them or, or, or put them under pressure because as soon as they've got it, it's gone. So a massive, massive part of Albion's strategy, their, their plan A, if you like, has been taken away from them. And that is why after the Millwall game, Ishmael said we had to adapt. It's why Connor Townsend said we have to adapt when I spoke to him, and it's why yesterday again, after after that game again, Ishmael reiterated they have to adapt. The truth is, and it's a bit it's a bit of a strong way of saying it, but Albion have been found out. Yeah. Um, teams have got have sussed out that they can't give them any time. They can't keep the ball for very long because they won't be able to live with Albion's energy and intensity and their aggression. They have to get rid of it. So that's what all the last three teams have done, and it's, it's massively nullified Albion's threat. Second half. Now, 
this is this will be coming out in stories. It, I sort of touched on it after the game in the reaction piece last night, but I've got more quotes from Ishmael that will be out tomorrow. I've got some more quotes from Adam Reach that will be out on Friday. And this is fascinating for me. More what, what Adam Reach said than what um, Ishmael said. But I asked the same question to Connor Townsend that I asked to Adam Reach. And I just said, can you explain to me what the difference is? Because they're, they're, basically the first four games, Albion were creating chance after chance after chance after chance. The last yeah. three, they haven't been until that second 45 minutes. So can you bar the pressing? We, I get the, we've, we've talked about the pressing. They're not able to do that anymore. But I asked Adam Reach last night, can you explain to me why there was such a difference between the first half and the second half? And he said, basically, at half time, Ishmael told the players they need to play with more composure. And, and this is the really interesting thing. They need to not get it forward as quickly. Yeah. Now, that is sort of a break from what Ishmael has said his whole time. It's not as what he said, sorry, but the way he set his team up in the, all the games so far. It's very much been a case of get the ball forward as quickly as possible. Last night, he made it clear to them, just he still wants it forward quickly. And what I would say with Ishmael is, a lot of fans are saying, we need a plan B, we need a plan B. I don't think there is a plan B. I think there's a plan A and I think there's variants of plan A. The variants aren't strong enough to be called a plan B, but there are variants of plan A. And we saw one of those variants in the second half last night and it was that Albion just played a little bit slower. It's still it's still like get the, it's still get the ball, football forward pretty quickly. It's still it's still it's still in the same league of football. It's still the same style of football. But it's a, it's, it's a notch down. Mm. I always do football manager references. People will know if, if you play football manager, you, there's a bar that you can scroll along for directness and how quickly you want to get the ball forward quickly. On that bar, Albion have been maxed out. Well, in the second half, they took it down just one step. Yeah. And the difference it made was substantial. It was absolutely substantial. And I think that is a massively important thing because... Out, they were struggling. Let's, let's make no mistake about it. it. It came as a shock to us because they were so brilliant in those first four games, particularly against Sheffield United and for 70 minutes against Luton. It came to a shock to us just how they, much they struggled at Peterborough and then against Millwall. But the good thing is they've had to adapt and I think that second half shows they have adapted. Mm. I think... They're beginning to learn and they're beginning to do things just slightly differently when teams set up in the way they have against them. So I think the second half was, last night was, was a huge positive. Look, Albion battered Derby in the second half last night. Absolutely battered them. They were penned in. They couldn't get out. It was chance after chance after chance. Grady Dean Garner's had a huge chance. Matt Phillips had a huge chance. Daniel Furlong's had a huge chance. There's been other moments when the ball has got into such dangerous areas. I mean, there was one where Dean Garner basically rolled it along the line. Yeah. And Matt Phillips running in just couldn't couldn't get there quick enough. And I mean, they genuinely did everything but score in that second half. Um, and I think that's a real that that's so important moving forward. To me, that was they they solved they sort of solved that puzzle. 
definitely yeah. been presented with a puzzle, and I think they showed last night they've got the ability to solve it. I agree with you. You only need to look at the, the expected goals. I mean, West Brom 2.22, Derby 0.15. They absolutely dominated that, that side, particularly in the second half. I was saying after full-time, I don't think Derby could have moaned if they'd have lost 2 or 3-0. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I'm actually surprised the XG was that low. I've, I, I, I would have thought Albion's XG would have been higher yesterday. Mm. Um, I mean, 2.2, basically, you're basically saying they probably could have scored more than two goals, aren't you? But only just. But I, uh, that second half performance could have yielded three goals easily, in my opinion. And they, yeah. they, only, they needed one. There was absolutely no way Derby was scoring last night. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think it's a real positive... I think everyone's having to adapt. You've got to remember when Ishmael, Ishmael said multiple times as manager that Albion are an out-of-possession team. Well, they had 64% possession last night. Mm. So they dominated the ball. Um, so they're having to get used to that. And they're having to, they are having to get used to that again and, and adapt to this way of playing. And it's really, really interesting. The thing for me that I find... I just, there's been a big reaction to it, uh, particularly on social media. And I, I've said this to you and other people um, as well when I've been speaking about it. What I can't, what, what, what I'm surprised about with the reaction is just how, like, perhaps like little faith that people have got in Ishmael mm. and, and disappointment with, with these two results. I, I can't, you've got to look at his CV today and it's, it's absolutely incredible. At, at, at Lask in Austria, he took them into the Europa League for the first time. He got them. He qualified from the group, top of the group. He got them through the round of 32. They were knocked out in the next round by Man United. At Barnsley, he enjoyed huge success. I'm, I'm sorry, there's just no way in a million years that, that Ishmael's been... been this, this hasn't happened to him before. Mm. There must have been coaches in Austria that looked at the way... Ishmael was playing and saying, "This is how you stop it." There must have been coaches in the championship last season when he was playing against when he was at Barnsley who thought the way to stop this is to do this. I'm not having. I'm sorry. I'm just not having <clears throat> that after all these the success he's had in Austria, the success he's had with Barnsley. I'm not having that the first person to work out a way to play against them was Darren Ferguson. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just not having it. I'm just not having it. There's got to be coaches that notice this last season and when he was in Austria and and he overcame it and I'm absolutely and for me he he showed the players showed they can they can overcome it in the second half yesterday I think the players have got to start taking a bit more responsibility as well like you, th- look they're under instruction from the manager they, they they have been ever since Ishmael has come in he's been giving them directions of how he wants them to play but he is not on the field Mm. And they know how the game is going. They can. They know where the pockets of space are. They know how teams are setting up against them. And I think sometimes, I think against Millwall, and I think in that first half, composure was what was needed. I mean, Ishmael has basically said that at half time, so we know that's what has happened. But I don't. I think some of those players maybe at times they have to stand up and go, "Yes, we're under. I'm under instruction from the manager, but I, in this game, I can see what we need to do." And I think that's where you get your leaders, and yeah, I think I think I think that's been a bit lacking, really. Um, yeah, the one thing I'd say about that is I think I think we did see that at points yesterday, particularly someone like Alex Mowat. There were a couple of times where he's put his foot on the ball, 
and then played a pass. Like, you know, let things kind of emerge in front of him and then played, as opposed to just playing it straight away. And it's very interesting that the player that has done that is Moer, as in the player who most understands Ishmael's methods. It just feels like they've been a little bit too... They're definitely doing what their manager's told them, but I think they've just been doing it a little bit too... To the letter of the law, really. I think Almost they just a little bit blindly. Well, just yeah, they're just being too. They just needed to. They just needed to take a step back, I think, at times, and and just relax a little bit and just think about it for themselves a little bit more. I don't think. I think they've been. Look, at the end of the day, Ishmael's come in, and from the moment he's come in, he's been telling them this, 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 and this. This is how I want you to play. Mm. And I think they have only done what he wants, really. But, but. The, Every manager will tell you, all footballers will tell you, you've got to have leaders on the pitch. You can spot a scenario and see how the game's going and, and, and manage it. And I think there's been a lack of that in the, in, in, in the, against Millwall and Peterborough. Um, but I think whatever Ishmael said at half-time yesterday has got the message across a lot more. Mm. And I think the players are starting to realise that. What Adam Reach was saying yesterday was, we're good footballers. Like, we can play in a variety of different ways. And they can, they can, of course, of course, they can take an extra second. Of course, they can play with a bit more composure. Of course, they can slow it down slightly. Um, so, look, I'll, I'll, look, I'll say it now. I, I, I can have egg on my face. I think we'll win. I think we'll beat Preston on Saturday. Yeah. I don't. I don't see how Preston can come up. I, I think Preston will have to play. Will have to follow the Peterborough, Millwall, Derby method. They'll do their analysis, they'll watch the last couple of games and I think they'll see that's the best way to stifle us. I think Albion have come out the other side of it now, personally. Mm. And I think we'll win on Saturday. Could be famous last words. Um, but I'll definitely... But, but yeah, I, I really, I'm, I'm confident. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly back in Albion to get a result on Saturday. The, the big talking point, I suppose, has, has been the negativity on social media. And every club is the same... Um, you have a couple of results that maybe don't go completely your way and there are always people on social media who come out and are quite vocal but with um, these past couple games there's, there's been a lot of people really questioning the style of play um, and it, it bothers me a little bit partly because you know Valerian Ishmael is ultimately a man judged on results and ultimately the results of this season so far is that Albion at top of the table yes yeah, it was very interesting yesterday in the sense that Matt Mayer our chief sports writer he always says to me like ignore social media because mm. social media is always let's be honest it's always a world of negativity and criticism and look, look, look you can get great analysis and good opinions and if you go looking for it and if you follow the right people but if you just put if you follow a hashtag Nine times that, you don't see a lot of good stuff. No, no. Um, you have to follow the right people, really. Um, but you do get a sense of it's in the stadiums where you find out what's going on, where where you get the general sort of consensus. And you've got Albion were booed off at half time yesterday, and Albion there was booze at the full time whistle as well. Um, I don't think they were deserved. I don't think they were deserved either. Um, I certainly don't think they were deserved in the fact that Albion are top of the league, but. From what I gather, and I think this is this is the issue with that is Albion are playing. Look, we're supposed to call it vertical football. Fowl likes to call it vertical football. 
we all know it's direct football. There are fans, a lot of fans, and this is their this is their absolute right. They don't want to pay for that football. Mm. They do not want to see that football every week. Um, and I think this is where the split is. There's, there's, there's a lot of people who look. I I want out. All I want is re- I'm results based. I want Albion to go up. That is my yeah. that is my. I, I'll take it by hook or by crook. I think with Ishmael, there's a chance they could cause an upset in the Premier League with this high intensity style of play. Mm. Um, so I that's what I'm sort of looking towards. Can we get up and can we then stay up? That's what. I, and, and I think Ishmael's got the potential to do that. So I'm all I'm all. I mean I'm completely behind him. There's a lot of fans who, based on the style of play, um, are not, and and he is playing a dangerous game because not a dangerous game, but he he will know that his style of play doesn't yield you time. Yeah, he's treading a line, isn't he? Because when it's not going great, when you're not getting results, <clears throat> it can be really, it can be not pretty on the eye, and it's a difficult one. I think. That's where people. I think that's the frustrate. They, they can't be frustrated with the results. I know. I know we've drawn our last two home games. Are disappointing. Look, Millwall. I don't know where Millwall are going to finish. To be honest, it's, I, I think they're. I, if you told, it wouldn't be a surprise if they finished sixth. It wouldn't be a surprise if they finished fourteenth. I, I genuinely don't know where yeah. they're going to finish. Derby. Look, they're going to do well to survive. Still, I still think that they their aim for the season is without doubt to survive based on everything that's going on off the field there. So it's they're, dis, they're disappointing results. If you if you if you want to win the league, if you want to go up automatically, Millwall at home and Derby at home. They're, they're six point. They're sorry. They're four points worst case scenario. Really, like yeah, you, you you want to be winning those. You games. want to, you want to be winning those games. So, but 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 the bottom line is Albion are top of the league. There's the seven games in. They're right joint top now. They're unbeaten. You cannot be really booing for results. It's the championship. There's going to be highs and lows throughout the season. Teams are going to make it difficult for us. I don't think anyone's booing because of the results. I think they're booing the style of play. Mm. And that, for me, is... I genuinely think there's a split. And I think there'll be a hell of a lot of people that are like me and are just like, we're top of the league. I couldn't, like, against Sheffield United, it was thoroughly entertaining. All right, it's not been that entertaining in the last two. But we can, we can play good things. I just... We want results. And I think there's going to be people who are like... We're better than this. Like we basically played our way out of the division a couple of years ago. These it's a, basically the same group of players, and I think there is a question to be asked: Is this the best way to get this the, the most out of this group of players? And I think that is a fair question. Um, but I genuinely believe. I think worst. I think I think Ishmael will get us up. I think yeah. worst case scenario. I think we. I think I, I think worst case scenario we finish top four. I really yeah. do. Um. So, yeah. I agree. Um, I I agree with you. Uh, and we've had this discussion off air. Um. And Albion fans have always, judging from what I've seen over the time that I've I've worked covering the club, um. It's that they want. You know a, a set style of play. They want to see you know a, a long term plan introduced from a manager, and we're seeing that with Ishmael. I know it's not the prettiest football at times, but 
when it goes well, like it did against Sheffield United, and you've got to remember this is only, what, seven games of a, of a 46-game uh, season or whatever it is, you've got you've got to take time to implement that and, and get it to its best possible level. And I just think that he needs a little bit more time to get it introduced. And this is, it sounds crazy saying he needs more time because they're top of the table and they've, they've been unbeaten. But you can give him that time to put that in place and you might see even more benefit from it. You might see more regular Sheffield United performances as opposed to Millwarns. Yeah, I agree. And I think the key, the, the word adapt they've used so many times and that is what it's all about now. It's adapting to the opp- opposition to get results. And the one question mark over Ishmael, I would say, is he hasn't done it with a team that's favourites. Mm. I don't know a lot about the Austrian... Well, when I say I don't know a lot, I don't know anything about Austrian football, um, with the exception of Barnsley seem to take all their managers from there. I know it's uh, played in Austria. I know it's played in Austria. Um, but <laughs> other than that, I know it's called... It's, it's called a, it's the Austrian Bundesliga, isn't it? It's called the Bundesliga, I think. From yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But that, that is... I'm out now. I'm genuinely out. Um, Rapid Vienna, they're a team. Um... There's a Red Bull team, Red Bull, RB, something. We're like experts. Oh yeah, we we know it inside out. Um, but yeah, so I don't assume Lask were favourites. They certainly weren't favourites in the Europa League. Let's be honest, they've never been in it before. Derby, Derby, a Barnsley obviously are Championship underdogs. They yeah. just are. They're in League One. Not so long ago, they survived by the skin of their teeth a season before Ishmael came in. So, the question is, can he do it with favourites? Because there will be, I'm sure there will be some Albion players thinking, we can play more controlled, more easy on the eye, prettier football than this. But what he needs to build now is more momentum again. He needs to, he needs to get them winning again and get that belief going again. Mm. And he, and he needs to adapt. And I think he needs to adapt. I think the players need to adapt. But I think he genuinely knows what needs to happen for them to adapt. That's why I was saying I just can't believe this hasn't happened to him before. Yeah. I just can't believe someone in Austria, someone last season didn't work this out a little bit. And I think if, I do genuinely believe over time the players will learn what they have to do in certain situations. And then I believe their quality will shine through. Because the truth is, the vast majority of weeks... Albion have got the best starting eleven. Yeah. Who can rival them? Fulham and Bournemouth. Sheffield United, maybe. No one else. You wouldn't like if you if you had to pick up the whole eleven and swap it. I mean, who do you swap? Like, Albion have got be- the better players. So. Yeah, it's a process, isn't it? That's hit, it. A bit of bump in the road, but I I do think I hope, well I, I I do think, but I hope the only the only way is up. I'll tell you what, I'll take two draws as a bump in the road. Wow. Wow, that's a very good point. Yeah. Um, Greg Didi Garner. Been great to see him uh, find some form. I know he didn't get a goal or assist, um, but over the past two games, I think he's been Albion's brightest player. That's interesting you made a point of two games, actually, because I was very disappointed he came off at half-time against Millwall. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought he was... We were seeing he was getting back to his best. He was bright in that first half. I, I, I mean, it, he shouldn't have come off for me. No. 
Um, I can understand the decision because, uh, somewhat anyway, because Colin Grant's just missed a penalty. You don't want to hook him off for missing a penalty, and he he wasn't he wasn't good in the half football. Let's be honest, but when you hook someone at half time after immediately missing a penalty prior, it does look that way, doesn't it? Maybe Phillips should have come off. Yeah, I definitely think Grady should have stayed on. Um, and obviously he got his 90 minutes yesterday. He was by far, by far Albion's best player for me. Um, I thought him, Reach and Moa all had good games. Mm. Um, but I thought he was by far our best player. I tweeted at one stage, if anything's going to happen, it's going to be through Grady. And stood by that, because from that point on, he was he was the main attacking threat. It was, he, and he was so unlucky not to score. He was so unlucky with that one. He rolled across the line. Mm. He was a bag of tricks. He, I just what really thrilled me about him. I think I tweeted this was it, not everything came off for him yesterday. Yeah. There were times when he dragged the ball back and sort of missed it, and it went out of play. And there were times when he took a heavy touch, and it the defender took it off him. And it was it wasn't a flawless display from him, but but he kept every time he kept going. You he could never tell hid he, away, did he? He never hid. He, he didn't. He, he had the confidence to keep playing. He, he knew he was. He knew he was going to cause them problems and I don't know if we've seen that belief from him recently I don't know mm. if we have so that's a massive plus I think I said on the, on the video yesterday for me he's Albion's best forward player Yeah, he is the most talented player Albion have got in their ranks going forward but look I love Callum Robinson I think he's brilliant but Grady for me yeah he's, he, he is the most talented one um, and, and Albion just yeah, as soon as he's gets back to his best the better I really hope we see him score or get an assist or, or re- uh, you know carry on at least this kind of confident form and Ishmael said it we'll put the quotes out tomorrow but Ishmael said it he needs the goal doesn't he mm. and yeah he does because it would his confidence is definitely on the rise but once he gets one I think it, it will just be a massive weight off his shoulders it was that moment when he rolled Curtis Davis yesterday I mean, he put him in the spin cycle. I still think Curtis Davis might be a bit dizzy uh, now, but then he drove toward goal, and I was just—I was begging him to score, begging him, and he just couldn't. He, to be fair, I think he kind of snatched at the shot a little bit, which kind of shows that he was, he's desperate to get that goal. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good to say from Kelly Roos, who had his best game in a Derby shirt, apparently. Yeah. I mean, he was their man in the match by a country mile. And it's one of them. Sometimes you just got to say one of them, isn't it? It happens in football. Um, you just come up against a keeper as a worldie. I'm not sure he had a worldie, Kelly Roos. Like I think he played very well and he was definitely their man in the match. I think I think of... all the saves he would expect to make. Yeah, probably, yeah. But he made them and he made them well, really. There was no sort of parrying it into a danger area or anything like that. It was, he, he, he had a very good game. Hmm. Thinking of adoption? We have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for the City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwell's Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking for re- to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community, irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, 
disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? Visit www.adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place or call 01902 Right, um, before we get to questions, I've got a little mini segment. Um, yeah, because uh, I got some stick from you yesterday about this. And this was all planned for this podcast. It wasn't planned for this podcast, it you're lying. absolutely was. No, you're not. You're lying. I know you're lying, because uh, we had this conversation yesterday, and I shouldn't have had the conversation with you beforehand. You and now you're shoehorning it... it into a podcast to make yourself look like you're not. Shoehorning it in? Shoehorning it in, Meg. When else have we had a little mini-segment 31 minutes into a podcast? When I've planned it ahead. Absolutely. Which, I'll be honest, isn't very often. No, lies and damn lies. Go on, Anyway, then. I put a tweet out on September the 13th, which is two days ago, uh, asking, what is Albion's strongest front three, in your opinion? And I gave mine, which is Dean Garner, Robinson and Phillips. I'm already starting to second-guess a little bit. But it's a question that's worth asking. Um, Joe, what's your strongest front three? So I think it's absolute nonsense that you put that tweet out for um, this podcast. I think you put that tweet out because you want to interact with Albion fans based on the fact you are an Albion fan. I just because that was not for a story. We've never. What people need to know is our Twitter accounts are our own. It's not a company account. We've all got dash star by the end of our names. But if I leave tomorrow or you leave tomorrow, you take that Twitter account with you. It's not. It's not the company's Twitter account. It's our yeah, own. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. As we've said all along, the Express and Star covers. West Brom, mm-hmm. Dingles, mm-hmm. Villa, Walsall. Yeah. Supposedly, supposedly, you are a Villa fan. It's, I mean, it says right in my bio, Villa fan. Mate, it said on Match of the Day, you're an Albion fan. I uh, it didn't say that. It did not say that. It did not say that. Albion fans and you're in that section. No, it said Albion fans beforehand, but I was yeah. a journalist giving my point of view. That was never on the screen. You said that, shoehorning it in as you shoehorn in everything. You were in the Albion fan segment on Match of the Day. That is indisputable. Right. Well, that's not true, but go on. It, well, it is true. You were in the fan section of Match Today too. That is true. You then at the start went, I'm a journalist! I'm a journalist! But but no one else said anything like that. You were just in the fan segment. Yeah? No, that's not true. But it is true. That is true, that you can't argue. <laughs> that Other fans happen, to, fans happen to feature, but I'm not a no, fan. No, 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 no. Not fans happen to feature, Luke. It was a fan segment. It wasn't fans happen to feature. It was a segment for fans. Look, make your point. Come on. My point is, you can tweet about anything you want. You're a so-called Villa fan. You can tweet about anything you want, but you don't. You always, 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 always tweet about Albion. Why do you tweet about Albion? Because you're absolutely obsessed with Albion. No, it's because I cover the club most during my job. Yeah, but you also cover all the other clubs, and you're a Villa fan. So apparently, you, you could have... T- I don't know what's going on at Villa. I don't really care, to be honest, with the exception of Dean Smith, who I think is amazing. But you could... I, don't, I know they played three at the back last week for the first time ever. You could yeah. have tweeted, so, Villa fans, what do you think? Is three at the back the way forward? Or you could have tweeted, so, Villa fans... What do you think Villa's best front line is? Should we play a front two with Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins? Or shall we throw in Agazi or Trezeguet or Brian Deer or whoever else can't replace well, I mean, Jack Trezeguet's injured, Trez- Trezeguet's injured. Yeah, so. like, like I said, mate, I couldn't care less about him. But you don't, mate. You don't. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't. You get straight on Twitter and you're talking about Albion and you want interaction with Albion fans because you love it. And then, yesterday, I pulled you up on this. 
and said, this is proof that you're just doing this because you want to talk to about Albion and because you want to talk about Albion fans and then now you've shoe-owned it into this podcast. <laughs> this is an unworldly claim. I'm just it's asking you, who's the, the strongest front three at Albion? That's all I'm asking you on an Albion you, podcast. We would not be talking about this now if I hadn't ripped you for it yesterday. I mean, we would have. It was planned for the podcast. I, do not, I honestly do not believe you. You don't buy that, do you? <laughs> no, no, no. No, I do not buy it at all. I do not buy it at all. Okay, well, anyway, I'm going to pick some of the replies from people (laughs) and tell them what they've said, and then you can give me your best front three because you've still refused to do it. Um, Local Baggies fan says, the ball doesn't stay up unless Hugo is in there. I'd have Robinson and Phillips preferably, uh, but against Derby, I'd have Dean Garner. Obviously, that was before the Derby game, so he thinks Hugo should be in there. Daniel Tudge, Grady, Robbo and Hugo. Uh, Dave Neal, Dean Garner, Robinson Central, Phillips Wright, um, Dean Garner, Robbo Grant, says Brody Moss too. Um, Luke Pollard, as much as I like Grant, Phillips right wing, Robbo ST, Dean Garner left wing. Those are just a couple. Who's your pick? So my pick has changed based on last night. Mm-hmm. So before last night, it would have been Grady on the left. Yeah. Callum through the middle. Yeah. And Phillips on the right. Uh, that was mine initially, but I'm starting second guess as well. And now it would be Grady on the left. Mm-hmm. Hugo through the middle. Yeah. Through the for the for the only reason that he is much better suited to this style of play than any other player in that forward. Like in the, sorry, he's much better suited to that central striker role. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> And Robinson on the right would be my three. I, I got. I think you got to give. I think you got to give Ishmael a bit of like slack here in terms of when it was the front three that played the first four games were brilliant. Yeah. And we didn't have a target man, so it was. It was exciting. Sorry, I just had a drink. It was exciting watching whether it was Phillips, Dean Garner, Robinson, Grant, whoever. It was exciting watching them interchange and play fluid in this fluid way. And I think, I think last night what happened was he looked at Phil Jagielka and Curtis Davis. One's 39, one's 33, 34, I can't remember how old Curtis mm. Davis is. And I think he thought mobility would be the best way to go. I don't think he wanted it. And this is what I mean when I'm saying he wants them to adapt. They need to adapt. He didn't want it as rushed. He wanted it slower. And he wanted to move it around a bit more. And for that reason... They were actually a logical choice. I think every, a lot of people are saying, if you're going to play this way, how on earth can't you start Hugo? Mm. The answer is he didn't want to play that way. He wanted it to be... When I say didn't want to play that way, it's difficult to say that because it is always similar. But he wanted, the, he wanted that step down. He wanted that, it's, it's that... It is that direct bar on Football Manager. If people don't play it, just think of a graph, of a line of one to five. And you... And, Abby been playing direct five all the way up. Mm. And he wants it a direct four now. And he wanted that first half and it didn't happen. And I think that's that there's a logic to playing the three he played up front last night if you're playing more composed, a bit slower. But Albion won and then Hugo comes on, they did play a bit slower anyway, but then Hugo just adds that more physical element to it. So there's a, there's, there really is a logic to why Ishmael did what he did last night, but 
Yeah, for, for me, from now on, Hugo probably has to play. He certainly has to play while they're riding out this storm. Yeah. And teams are just going to go hoofball against them. So, Dean Garner has to play for me. Robinson has to play for me. Philip started the season well, but has gone off the boil a bit. And I, uh, Grant hasn't started for me. I think he had a good game against someone. Blackburn. Blackburn, but he's just not got going for me. Mm. Um, the one um, thing I love about Hugo is the little touches on the like the long balls, or the fact that he can he can chest the ball down and hold it. That's not something that any other player can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's needed. I think he's needed. I'm not. I'm not. I think. I feel like quite a lot of people are singing his praises and going sort of. Personally, I think he's getting more praise than he deserves. That sounds a bit harsh. Yeah. What he's done in games, I expect Jordan Hugel to be able to do. Mm-hmm. I expect him to... He's a target man. I expect him to be able to bring the ball down on his chest. I expect him to be able to win balls in the air. I expect him to be able to play other players in. That's that's a given for me. He's done all those things. He's done them well. I, I, I'm, 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 in, I'm, I'm impressed. But but, but I, want, I want goals. Mm-hmm. He's, he's our number nine. He's our central striker. He's doing a lot of things well, but for me, there needs to be a, a bit more from him. But that's harsh because he's so new to the team. That is so harsh because, look, he's only, he hasn't started a game yet. Yeah. I mean, that is really harsh what I've just said. But from going forward, I want goals from him. Um, not just the, the nice parts of his game we've seen so far. Starting against Preston, we might see a hat-trick. Well, it's his former club, isn't it? And I think, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, uh, yeah, Albion win, Hugo score any time would be my bet for Saturday. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, that was a good segment. That was really well planned as well. Came in a few days before, and I thought I thought that went really well. Beautiful planning, mate. Beautiful yeah, yeah. planning. You ready for questions? We never admit you didn't mean that. What do you mean? Admit I didn't mean it. Yeah. I meant every part. Oh, you're absolutely lying. And no, you're lying. It's so annoying. I'm gonna get you to admit it one day. <laughs> You'll admit it in the card to me. I know you will. What, what? What? This is unbelievable. Questions. Questions. Go. Come on. Andrew Turton with the first one. Ah, oh, Andy T. We love Andy. Um, yeah. I trained posi- with Andy. What's that? I trained with Andy. Did you? Yeah, we had five months together on like a horribly intense course. It was awful. I thought you went to the gym. <laughs> no. No, no. Like, oh, I train with Andy. I do, yeah. I'm a journalist. Bit, bit of chest press. Yeah. Me and Andy were pretty much near the bottom of the class. He won't mind me saying that. We both were. We were both together with it. There's a few of us who really... Did. It was a weird course. Everyone either, like, absolutely smashed their exams or scraped passes. Mm. It was like, you had to get 50% to pass. And everyone got, like... You've got, like, 52, 53. You're in that bracket. Me yeah. and Andy are in that bracket. Or you got, like, 80%. No one was getting 65s. No um, mediocre journalists at the Express Star, either piss poor ones or brilliant ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> You've improved. <laughs> thanks. It was a long time ago. It was like <laughs> 14 years ago or something. Hey, mate, exams aren't the way to test journalists, in my opinion. I agree. Um, right, Andy asks, uh, what positives out of the second half style of play against Derby do you think Albion will look to build on as they adapt to different opposition over the coming weeks so we've all that's everything we talked about in there but I do think I 
I do think genuinely they'll just play a gear lower. They'll play a slightly slower, slightly more composed. I think the players might be a bit, a bit, a bit more relaxed. If I'm honest, mm-hmm. I think they might realise that oh, actually, we have got, we can, we can manage this game a little bit. We can take things into our own hands a little bit more. We can slow things down if we need to. We can just be a bit calmer. Yeah. Um, and I think that should hold us in good stead. Johnny Drury, opinion on the boom. He's formerly in this parish as well. We're just getting former ENS reporters and Shropshire Star reporters to ask questions. There'll they'll be, they'll be actual non-former uh, journalists on it. Um, although Johnny's not a former journalist, he's still a journalist. Opinion on the boom last night, I thought it was one of the most embarrassing things I've seen at the Hawthorns in years, and that says something. We've spent no money and we're unbeaten and top. I just couldn't get my head around it. I mean, I have to say I am off that mindset, but... Maybe not as strong. <clears throat> I wouldn't say it's the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen, but it was, I don't think it was a good look. No, no I, was, I, was, I, was genu- I, can, I can honestly say, hand on heart, I was surprised at the booing. Um, but I have since spoken to a fan who did boo, but is a reasoned fan. And explain, he, he explained why he booed. And it is, the, it is the style of football. And I think... I do think there are some fans who Ishmael just won't win around because of his style of play. Mm. Um, I just don't think he, he will. And 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 part and that and I what I would say to that is I think that is that their fan that they're you're right. If you if you're not enamoured by Val Ball, if you if it's not what you want to pay to watch, then I get that. That that's absolutely fine. That is that is absolutely your right to feel that way. I say it all the time. We're very very fortunate in this job. We get to go to the game. We don't pay to go to the games. Mm. We get we get a day off in the week um, <clears throat> because we work on a Saturday by going to the game. So if you have worked Monday to Friday all week, if you've paid however much it costs for a ticket and however much it costs to get you to Preston or whatever, whatever, if you want to see more pleasing on the eye football, that is 100% your right. Um, so I can I can understand why fans will feel that way. Um, I don't. I think I don't. I'm completely behind Valbor. I want to get results, and I think it can be really entertaining. Hmm. Um, but I can understand if people are not enamoured to it yet. Yeah, Dale Smith kind of follows that up. Not a question, but just wanted to say I can't believe how many people were moaning after last night's game. We had 26 shots. I can't remember seeing an alibi on team attack like it. Give the manager a bit of time, for goodness sake. I mean, 26 shots is a lot. It's an absolute peppering. Um, and they were peppered. Derby were battered. They second were. half, yeah. Second yeah, half. second half they were battered. Um, and I stand by what I said. If you play that second half again, 99 times out of 100, Albion scored one. And, and believe me, one was going to be enough. Oh, yeah. That Derby were not scoring. Um, so yeah, I think they were they were they were really unfortunate last night. Yeah, I agree. Sophia outlines when's Matt Clark likely to be back. So this is interesting actually, because I do really think we have missed Matt Clark. Um, right. So time scales. Like I have to give you time scales to give you a fair answer to this question, which is that when Clark was ruled. First picked up the injury, it was estimated at six weeks. Mm. Um, 
Where are we? Last week, I think this is right, but maths could be wrong off the top of my head. Last, so I, I see Ishmael for a pre-match on a Friday, yeah? Mm-hmm. So obviously we're recording this on a Wednesday. Last Friday, which is essentially almost a week ago now, and that was two weeks into Clark's injury. I'm sorry if you've not following this because I'm not even following it myself. He said Clark was basically really ahead of schedule. He, he, he's in training. He's in training. So from a, a guy who pulled his hamstring and was expected to be out for six weeks, he's in training. And he yeah. said last Friday they would have to assess it in a week's time. So basically, he'll be asked again this Friday, how is Matt Clark? Yeah. Um, and that'll give you a better, hopefully we'll get a better answer then of where he is. What we know is, in terms of his six weeks initial prognosis, he looks like he's going to be ahead of that schedule. I think he, I never thought he'd play before the next international break, but I think he now will. Also, bizarrely, it doesn't matter where you walk around the Hawthorns, you walk into Matt Clark. He is literally everywhere. I've never known anything like it. He is always walking around the place. I've never seen a player really walk around the place before. But a couple of times at the last at the game at the game against Millwall and last night, I walked past Matt Clark. I don't know what he's doing. He's just walking around the Hawthorns. And he's walking fine. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Absolutely <laughs> fine. Um, so it's bizarre, but he looks alright. Um, so yeah, hopefully. He'll be back in a couple of weeks. It'll definitely be a question that gets asked this Friday. Mm. And hopefully be able to put a bit more like meat on the bones then. Lee Price, who do you think will end up being our top goal scorer and can you see any of them getting between 15 and 20 goals? That's a good question, I think. Can't see any of them getting between 15 and 20 goals, from what it's like. I think you'll have like four players with like 11 or 12. Yeah, I think you have four players between like eight and twelve, thirteen maybe. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Look, I, if I was putting money on it, I'd bet Callum Robinson would be our top goal scorer. Yeah. I've got. I still think there's a chance Grady could if he. I, still I think, think yeah, Grady's definitely got the most upside of any player. Um. Hugo, no, I just don't, I don't know if I, I just don't know if I, that's my one worry with Hugo. I just don't know if the goals are going to be there. Um, really difficult question. Carlin Grantler, we know he can score. We know he scored seventeen goals in this league for Huddersfield. He should be able to do it, but mm. it's not happened for him. It's not. It doesn't feel like it's going to happen for him. Bob Taylor asks: Are we looking at any other strikers, including free agents? I really don't think we're looking at any free agents. Personally, as I said on the podcast last week, I think Darad is on the list and I think Ishmael wants him. And I think Ishmael would sign him at any opportunity he got if Orlando lowered the price which or made a, a structured deal that Albin could do it, maybe on loan, mm. with a view to buying him if Albin went into the Premier League. What I do know is when if, what when DK signed for Barnsley, the loan fee was effectively a transfer. Yeah. Like it was a lot of money. Um, but from what I hear from people, my understanding is that Ishmael wants DK. Um, it wasn't possible last month based on what... I think Orlando just didn't want to let him go. It's not a good time for him to let him go. I don't, to be honest, I don't really know this, how the American season works when it finishes. 
I don't know if January's more likely, but I think he wants him. Yeah. Um, Dan Barnett, it may have looked entertaining to some previously, but do you guys still think Val will stick with his game plan? Playing hoofballs forwards all under six foot does not work. It's easy for opponents to deal with and is the furthest thing from entertaining football I've seen. Obviously a very strong point of view. Yeah, but I can't see him verging away from the game plan, personally. No, and I still and I will stand by that. I thought the Bournemouth game, the Luton game, the Sheffield United game and the Blackburn game were thoroughly entertaining. So we've had seven games, four of them have been thoroughly entertaining and three of them haven't been. Mm. Well, I'd say four of them have been, two and a half haven't been and a half has been. Yeah. Um, so, but as I said... I can sort of understand if people just if it just, if this just isn't for them. I can I can understand that. Um, and as I said, that's their right. Um, but for me, I think we've got to get behind him. I think we've got to give him time. And I and I I do believe he'll be successful. Mm. Mitch Sprigg, should we have kept Sawyer's or invested in a different type of midfielder to what we have last night? We were camped in their half for 45 minutes but lacked composure on the ball. Val says we're going to encounter teams doing this a lot. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It, 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 Romain Sawyers, I mean, he is... And what, what can, there's so much to say about him, really. Um, I think the bottom line is he isn't an Ishmael player. Um, I'd like to see him have had a go. I would have liked to see him have a go. Um, and I'd really like to see him have a go when, when Albion are pressing and when they do win the ball high. Because if he was to win the ball high, the one thing he has got in, is, is composure. He doesn't panic ever. Mm. So he would have kept it calm and I think he would have picked a pass high up the pitch and I think that could have been very effective. But I just don't think... I think he's just not an Ishmael player. Um no. So I think Mowat is actually a lot better on the ball than perhaps you realise. Um, he picked some great passes yesterday. Yeah, he picked some really good passes yesterday. And we all know what his set-piece delivery is like. I mean, his set-piece delivery is phenomenal. And yeah, I think because he's so synonymous with Ishmael, you, his first qual- I think the first qualities you think of him are his energy, really, mm. and, his, and his aggression and determination. But he's a good player. He, he's a really good player. I think he's our most important player, if I'm honest. Yeah. I really do. I think he is. I mean, if he got injured, I, I'd be worried. I do think I do think he is our most important player. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know about. I don't know. I just don't. I'm just not sure. Sawyer's would. Um. I just don't think he's a. I just don't think he's an instrument player. Yeah, I'm. I'm tempted to agree. Um, right, Preston on Saturday. I'm really excited for Pi. I know you really are, but you won't let anyone know that you are. I might film you eating the pie if, like, it is a pie. All I know is last time I went, there was no pie. If there is pie, I am going to be a very, very happy man. Uh, I also believe far too much this podcast is dedicated to that one pie you had. Oh, but it was that good. There's no macaroni cheese. No, honestly, if they've got the pie there on Saturday, oh man, 
I'm just going to be so happy. I know you are. I know you are. Part of me wants it to happen for you. I've got to be honest. I'm going to make a massive deal of it. Is there? Um, it's not like you. Oh yeah, absolutely not. Talking about food makes no sense whatsoever. Um, but there is an important game of football as well. Uh, as you said, it's it's been it's two draws on the bounce now. A win would really help lift the mood, I think, which is weird because, as I said previously a couple of times, Albion is still top of the table and they're on, they're on track for promotion, albeit only seven games in. Yeah, so Preston, a sort of notorious championship club, really. I mean, I can remember years ago they sort of flared with the playoffs, didn't they? Or got to the playoff final under Billy Davis. They had a couple of years where they were really sort of challenging. Mm. Since then, I mean, look, they were. I, quite, I think they're quite. A, prestigious club really there's something about Preston they've got a bit of history they've got a bit of culture they've got a bit of character um, but they're in terms of budgets they are a, they're, a, they're definitely a lower end championship club they're not they're, yeah. they're not um, they haven't got much financial clout whatsoever I think they've been very very savvy with their managers over the last sort of 10-12 years um, I think Alex Neal look Alex Neal I think if Alex Neal had got the Alvin job there would have been uproar Mm. Um, partly because of what happened last time around when he basically used Albion to um, get a better deal um, at, at Preston which so I can completely understand that but what I would say is I think he, he was a good manager at this level I think he had Preston punching above their weight consistently Yeah. Um, and I think that's what he does at championship level really I think he yeah I think he gets the best out of, best out of teams He's obviously left. They've gone with his former assistant, Frankie McAvoy, who did well last season, to be fair. Yeah. Um, this season, it's very, very, very average start. It's seven games, two wins, two draws, three defeats, 13th in the table. Banging mid-table. Banging mid-table. Um, yeah. I, I, it's so hard to tell after seven games. I don't think they'll be in relegation trouble. I don't think they'll get anywhere near the playoffs. Um I think they're probably going to be a very, very sort of run-of-the-mill team. Yeah. They got a good result against Sheffield United last night. Um, 2-2. Sheffield United got some really good players now. They had a good end to the window. Interestingly, they played a 3-4-1-2. Basically, 3-4-3. 3-4-3 is suddenly mega in vogue, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, Everyone, Everyone loves a three at the back now. Everyone has a three at the back at the minute. Interestingly, last night, Derby played 3-4-3, but they've played 4-2-3-1 in basically every other game. So Rooney matched Albion up, just like Darren Ferguson did mm. for Peterborough. Um, Preston are in that system anyway, so like they're, they're not going to match Albion up per se. But Did Millwall do that as well? Mill did it, yeah. Millwall did it. But I think Millwall do play that way anyway. Mm. Then we'll play like a 3-4-2-1 normally. But it's all variants of 3-4-3. Three, three. It's three at the back, it's four midfielders. Well, two, it's three at the back, two wing-backs, two out-and-out central midfielders. And then it's how you jockey up the front three, really. You might have a number 10, you might have two number 10s, you might have whatever. But, mm. um, yeah, they're in, they're, they've got the three at the back. They've got the two midfielders. They've got the two wing-backs already. Um, they've got Bauer at centre-half, who, just for the record, whenever I see him play, has an absolute stormer. Mm. Um, he's always brilliant. Um, but, uh, yeah, 
completely repeating what I said at the, pod, at the start of the podcast. I think they'll try and do what Millwall did and what Derby did and what Peterborough did. I don't think they'll be able to. I think Albion would just be a little bit too wise to it now. Mm. I think they'll have come through it and I think they'll find a way. Um, you said good... before as well, you think Albion will get more results on the road, won't you? Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting. Yeah, I did have said that before. I did, yeah, it's going because you can't sit in and be as negative as teams are really at home. Mm. There is more willingness on you to go and get results. So, I can see Albion picking up a lot of points on the road. There's definitely an issue with the Hawthorns with issue I said last night. They've, they, they, when they come here, they've got a point. They start with a point, and they're doing everything they can to hold on to it. Um, so yeah, I think there will be a bit more willingness. I think for a team like Preston. I think it'd probably be quite... I don't know if it'll make much difference playing at home. I'm more yeah. thinking like when you get to like a, a QPR maybe or a... Um, who else is up there? Stoke. Say like a Derby at home, do you reckon they'd try and play out a bit more? Maybe not Derby because I think they are in... They do just need to survive, don't they? Yeah. But like maybe like a Middlesbrough would be a good example. Right. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. But... I think it will benefit Wolves. Uh, I think it will be- benefit Albion being on the road at certain stages. Mm. Do you reckon there'll be many changes? Could we see Kian Bryan, I suppose, is a question? He's got to be getting closer, hasn't he? I always thought the first two games would be a little bit too sort of soon for him. Difficult. Yeah, I don't think he's. I think Towns and Reach did so well up. Last night, I don't think there'll be a, as much of a rush now. Mm. I think after the first game, I think after the after the Millwall game. I mean, look, Kipra's been bombed, hasn't he? I mean, it's not good for him. Yeah. Um, I mean, if a wing back's in your position. Yeah, if a wing back's in your position. Um, and I thought Connor Townsend did really did well. Really, I remember one ball over the top last night. It looked like someone was going to get in behind, and he took it down an absolute treat and played it back to Sam Johnston coolest man in the stadium mm-hmm. um, so he I mean the thing with Townsend is he, he's, he'll just he'll do a job won't he he won't, he won't, he won't he'll just get on with it he'll just be professional and do everything he can in that role so and Ishmael's desperate to have a left footer on the left a right footer on the right um, I think it'll be probably be a sad I think Reach probably deserves to keep his place after yesterday yeah um, which to, I've got to be honest that's a relief to me because, because I raced before. No, it's not. It was nothing to do with reach. It's more to do with Townsend. I got so I got such confidence in Townsend. I think he's such a good crosser of the ball that I wouldn't yeah. have wanted to lose that outlet from the team. Um, yeah, it was nothing against reach. It was nothing against reach. It was more being a fan of Townsend. But I thought reach sent some cracking balls last night. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd imagine same team. Um, I think Hugo will start. And I and I think I think Grant will come out. I, I, I don't see what he's done to stay in the team. I'd agree with you there. I think Dean Garner's got to start. Um, Hugo would just be. I just I do think having a natural striker in in that role helps. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, it just makes sense to me. So we're picking the same team then, mate. Pretty much. Pretty much. Wonder if Malumbi might get a run. Yeah, I I've, I always thought Malumbi was more likely to get in against Derby than he would be against Preston. 
Why did you think that? Just because you got games in quicker succession. Oh, right, okay. So they had Saturday, Tuesday, didn't they? Whereas... Now they've got a bit more time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I would like to see what he offers. I would like to see what he offers because I've been obviously rating him highly. If, um, it's just a big stretch, isn't it? In there, every eight. Like, no, I think Jake's had a good start to the season, but bless him, he's getting on. Um, it, yeah. It's a hell of a lot of ground he's got to cover in there every single week, but every single game rather. But yeah, I think it'll be. I think it'll be that team anyway. I think it'll be Townsend left centre back. I think Hugo will get the nod. Hmm. Grady and I think Callum. I think you can't. I think you can't leave Callum out personally. Yeah, he's too good a player to leave out. The one thing with Robinson is I think he's always better off the left. And Dean Garner, I've, I, I haven't seen too much of Robinson off the right. I think no. it's more like Dean Garner starts on the right if Robinson's there. Yeah, you you're probably you could be right. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um, right, anything else to add, Joe? No, well done you, mate. One hour, four minutes. This is like perfect podcast length, I'd say. I mean, I've, I've planned for it perfectly, you know, with days. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're such a planner, you are. I mean, it was, it's all worked out great. Um, as ever, anyone who's listened, if you could give us a rating and review on your preferred podcast provider, that would be really helpful for us. Um, otherwise, share the podcast, podcast on to someone who might not listen. You never know, they might enjoy it too but from me and from joe a fond farewell for now Goodbye.